Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is December 30th, Lucas. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's the end of the year, Mike. Time to take a look back at uh, what was 2022. Awesome. This is one of my favorite podcasts of the year that we get to do here. So year end, quarter end, month end, and we're just going to do a recap of 22, kind of everything that's went on and uh, kind of what we've forgot about or missed and uh, how we ended up and some of the things going into 23, Lucas. Yeah, I mean, as I uh, sit here and think of uh, 2022, um, you know, the number one thing that I have on my mind, uh, and actually it bleeds into 2023, are how are the Vikings doing it, Mike? I mean, every single week it comes down to the fourth quarter. They beat teams barely that they should blow out they beat teams that they should probably lose to by a little bit and then the good teams they get blown out is it going to continue into 2023 mike what do you think it is very very irregular you are right about that this is uncharacteristic of them completely yeah it's uh uh I'd best try to segue this into not all that different than the commodity markets of 2022 right mike of boy we kind of started out uh uh kind of flat and normal and we had some ebbs and flows in between and like losing to the lions a couple weeks ago yeah exactly we got blown out a couple things uh our our the hearts exploded uh, when we beat the bills and and you look back at all the events that happened there it's amazing how you can relate a few of these things to whatever you want, and for whatever reason, I picked the Vikings uh, uh, season here, Mike. But Well, if God is rooting for the Vikings here, you know that he's rooting for the Lions, too, because they've been through a lot here. So uh, Maybe next year, Mike. <laughs> yeah, they did lose to the Panthers with Sam Darnold, so we'll go on, but... Nonetheless, when you go back to 22, like let's just take a moment here. One of the big things right right away that hits you in the face is Russia invaded Ukraine February 24th. That really kickstarted the year, I think, when looking at that. Uh, a couple other events, like you look at the assassination of uh, the prime minister, the former prime minister of Japan there last summer. Yep. Queen Elizabeth II passing. Oh, yes. Passin. That's, a, that's a big one, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. That had a big effect on our markets. Or the fun time we had where the leader of the governing conservative party of the UK, Liz Truss, resigned <laughs> after only uh, 44 days. Yeah, that was the shortest serving prime minister in UK history. That was fun. My, my best one is the crypto crash and oh. all the fun stuff going on with, uh, oh, what's his name, Freed. Uh, that's gonna be a movie yeah like that's i i will admit i fell into the bitcoin craze and have some of that stuff or had some of that stuff um but uh yeah that was kind of a end of you the mean year where we had note. terra luna go down like 99.7 percent yeah. in a single week exactly yeah that was fun <laughs> so crypto collapse you mix that in there europe fuel crisis opec oil cuts uh, really interesting uh, weather that we've had over the past year, mm-hmm. impacting the energy markets. 
And, I mean, the U.S.-China relations are in kind of tension. Uh, well, really, China and the world of, uh, you know, their relationship with Putin and how is that affecting uh, their global relationships. Um, you know, pretty much everything, you know, you start thinking and talking about all these items. Boy, it it really comes down to the number one story is the Russia-Ukraine. I sure think so. A I, lot of stuff revolves around it. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, especially in the business we're in of commodities, like, it's it's Russia-Ukraine and it's weather. Uh, yeah. Of that, to, to, in my mind, dominates the 2022 year. Um, you know, we... You look at all the uh, different markets that that Russia-Ukraine, uh, in, uh, you know, situation, the Russia invasion, how that uh, triggered a lot of this commodity buy-up there at the beginning of March. You know, we were we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You know, the the corn uh, market specifically, how we're up about a dollar. You know, from January first to December thirtieth, but in between times we went to what eight, a little over eight. Yeah, you closed front month futures last year at 593 on corn there for March of 22, so 593. And then by April 29th, we reached a contract high of 827. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we put a low in July 22nd, 561. Yeah. And I mean, you like that jump up uh, to that April high yeah. is, you know, springboarded by the Russia-Ukraine. Definitely. And, and, and corn's just an example. I mean, you could look at a wheat and, and oil. Uh, I mean, you talk, you talk about what oil did uh, in that same time period. It's, you know, it's kind of surprising how much it mimics corn, but... Um, a very similar trading pattern. So you uh, closed last year, they're trading at 75 on crude oil. You ran up very quickly to about 130 by March 4th, and then, um, yeah, it pulled back a little bit and then rallied by the time we got into midsummer and pulled back. So, like, the general theme of 2022, um, and maybe markets, maybe specifically commodity markets, is first half of the year dominated by the Russia-Ukraine news. Um, and we saw a big money flow into commodities, right, Mike? Definitely. Like, uh, you're coming off the pandemic, you're coming off all these shutdowns. Um, everybody's finally going back to work. They want their stuff. Uh, so they want raw materials and commodities benefit from that by getting a lot of money flow, uh, right away as we started the year. Um, and, and that was kind of the trend through what June you th- you figure pretty much till June. Yep, and and then uh, then the kind of went the other way, right? Like you were throwing out some numbers before of the amount of money coming out of commodities, and it's it's pretty staggering. Definitely, it was one of the biggest shifts in sentiment in history for raw materials here. So, like this t- this time around, wild price swings spurred a rush of about an exit of 129 billion dollars out of the global markets for a a record of any annual period up to like mid December, and that really showed. You know, that came after two months of hard pouring money into commodities. Uh, right in those first two months of the year that we saw major inflation. Demand from everything from oil to industrial metals, they boomed earlier this year as the world emerged from their pandemic lockdowns and investors sought a hedge against inflation and bought the U.S. dollar and bought crude oil and corn and wheat 
And then Russia's invasion of Ukraine and worries about a global recession really turned commodities. And uh, from that point on, you know, weather disasters and other man-made disasters, it turned commodities into a really wild gamble for a lot of these um, investors. And, you know, we ended 21, 20 as well. I mean, it was major outflows for the commodities. And the bigger price moves showed that now past June about, uh, you know, these guys just had to pull money out of commodities and it became riskier to be long in commodities. And uh, clearing houses were boosting collateral requirements to protect against defaults. And while higher interest rates are raising their borrowing cost, it made it a lot more expensive for them to trade, Lucas. And so when I looked at money flow, that was a major influence from, you know, volatility, fixed volatility almost. It it created uh, an environment where it was too expensive for them to hold long positions in commodities. And I think you still see it today because um, crude oil futures, they have the lowest open interest since 2014. Um, the same as wheat as well. Open interest in wheat, that's fell to the lowest since 2008's financial global crisis. Um, so liquidities just went down here, and uh, the the thought of owning commodities as a hedge against inflation now is a, a lot harder to do. Yep. No, that's uh, that was excellent points. It was kind of uh, we saw that, uh, like I say, in our commodity markets, in the financial markets. You know, I I, I sit here as a uh, probably a pretty typical one of our listeners of yeah. I, I got a farm, and I also have a job. Um, and I look at the the farming side of the uh, you know my business, like was pretty good this year. You yeah. know, yields yields weren't great uh, because of the volatile weather and the weather patterns we saw. And we can talk about that a little bit, but um, you know prices were really good. And yeah. so you look at the farm side, you see that commodity jump. Even though, like you were saying, towards the end of the year we saw a lot of money flow out, our prices are still good and still profitable. They are. So the farming side of me says, boy, that was a really good year. On the flip side, the uh, employee that's got a 401k in me says, man, that market sure took a hit uh, this year. It's, I mean, the, uh, the retirement accounts, the 401ks, all of that are kind of a lot worse off right now than they were a year ago at this time. So when I'm looking at performance of asset performance for 2022, the best asset performance this year was the commodities index. We had an overall growth of 21% year to date. Last year was actually even better. That was 40% last year. The dollar had a really good year. That was at 8.2%. That was second highest. Crude oil was uh, 5.8% and that barely went up this year. And that was a third best. Everything else was pretty much negative. The S&P 500 closed the year down about 18% year to date. And to your point, investors are still really comfortable. Uh, investors are still really uncomfortable getting into the market. Even some of the deepest pocketed players are facing skyrocketing risks in a lot of these investments, and they're not willing to step into it. Specifically, commodities. So, yeah, good points there on that. But I'll attach this attachment, just showing asset performance, each commodity performance for the year. It's very interesting. Because, I mean, even agricultural commodity performance this year was up 5.1% as an <laughs> overall whole. So just an interesting statistic there. And uh, energy was up uh, pretty decent, 119 You know what one was better than I thought would be? Livestock, 11.7%. 
<laughs> for uh, livestock in general. So uh, kind of interesting there. Yeah, you would but, think like a, a general economy recession hurts livestock markets yeah. generally, right? Demand goes down, people looking for cheaper cheaper things to eat. And, and it was like just that. a slow grind higher kind of yep. live cattle and whatnot where, you know, the grain markets were so incredibly volatile. But you know, when we look at, you know, Russia, Ukraine, they were the big one to start off with. And then that poured on the inflation party. And, and then <laughs> we get into the next part of all of this, which uh, Mark Twain wrote that history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And I think that, you know, when I start to think about what the Fed has done this year to try to combat inflation, they really started March 17th was their first hike after this. It was only 25 basis points. And then by June, they were going every 75 basis points. And now we finally started in December to finally back that off only 50 basis points higher here. So it's been a long grind higher. The um, Fed funds rate now up to 4.5% here. You know, uh, back in 08, they had got things uh, really rising up to about 5.25 was the highest we got there at the end of all that before they started pulling those back down to help some easing. But, you know, when when I think you look at the markets and you saw them start to make June 16th was their first 75 basis point height, you really saw the markets pull money out of the mm -hmm. commodities. And I think that's a strong correlation with money flow and seeing the impact of the Fed combating inflation. And I think it goes really well together this year. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think like when we were looking at that chart of commodities, and like you said, that's when they really started bumping up yeah. the rates. Saw a lot of money flow come out of commodities. Really, the only thing that kind of helped our, our grains was the weather, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we had the La Nina pattern sent in again uh, in the United States. Dry areas stay dry. Um, you know, states got rain yields are good but as a whole the u.s crop had another challenging year and that kind of helped those grains grind higher uh coming into the end of the year against that money flow out uh as investors look for safer places to put their money all right mike so we've talked on a, a kind of meander back and forth on a lot of items here give me your uh top three wrap-up points for 2022 so the top three would be one russia ukraine that situation the inflation, the environment that we saw this year with inflation, and then weather and weather patterns continuing dry. And two of those three are changing today, I would say. Weather, it would appear that the La Nina pattern is coming to an end this spring, so it should be getting more wet in the United States and South America, according to that. And I think we can see it as we look outside right now and see like 55 feet of snow out our window. <laughs> and the inflation portion, it looks like the Fed finally has that somewhat under control, at least they would like us to argue. Um, you know, gas prices are lower than they were a year ago today. So that, that seems to be changing. The third one, though, I don't think is yet. Russia, Ukraine, that situation, uh, initially we had the big boom, but, however, that is not solved in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think it will be. That's going to drag out no. for quite a while. No, that's that, that Russia-Ukraine deal is something that, uh, you know, this is going to stick around and hover over us for... We're going to have to talk about that next year. For years time. to come, yeah. right? I, I don't even think it's next year. I think it's the next three to four years. Uh, but as we do, uh, you know, kind of wrap up one year and take a look forward of, 
you know, I don't want any predictions or anything. So, like, what's the most interesting thing we can look at of what what are the potential uh, black swans out there for 2023? Uh, you know, you just mentioned one. Russia, Ukraine is still one. Yeah. It is a volatile situation. Uh, it's a volatile situation that's kind of just stays there in place. So I don't know how volatile it is, but at any moment it could spark off. So that's the easy one. So I'll take that one. Uh, give me, uh, give me another potential black swan that Mike Miner's looking at. The cryptocurrency market and the impact of that on money flow going forward. That was a really big deal. Like a lot of people lost money in that, and uh, a lot of money was put into those couple exchanges. I, I just I want to see next year how big of an impact that has on our overall marketplace and health of our general economy. And if a bank was tied into it in the wrong way, shape, or form, whatever the case may be, I still think there's something bigger to come from that collapse. Yep. That'd be the one that I think could be really big. Um, renewable fuels, renewable diesel, I think that expansion will be something big to watch in the next year. That could be probably further out even yet, though, 24, 25 more or less. Yeah, but you're going to have to need to see the, the continued the, growth and the build-out. They're going to have to build year. the thing. Yep. So yep. you're going to see more from that aspect, too, and demand and um, policy changes state-to-state state and how they're adapting that. Yep. So um, I'm watching that going forward. Weather, obviously, like we talked about, um, that'll be another big swan, black swan, just because we're still in a tight place um, supply and demand-wise on a lot of these balance sheets. And until we get major crops to get some cushion in there, we'll stay pretty volatile. And uh, those are kind of the main ones I'm watching, I guess, Lucas. Uh, yeah. I'd... And then just, I mean, the cryptocurrency was kind of the start of me talking about more of the general, general. global yep health of the economy yep yep no that's that's going to be important of you know with the the inflation the cost of everything going up and like you said crypto is we we like to joke about it but it did pull a lot of money out of a lot of people's bank accounts and and across the world um and that is going to accelerate or uh maybe not accelerate but make worse this potential global recession uh that a lot of people talk about, but we probably haven't seen take a strong foothold yet. Not until we see Michael Lewis's new movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> on that, come on Netflix. <laughs> the, uh, you know, and the weather is interesting. We always think weather as a black swan negative. Like the b- biggest black swan, I think, in weather this year in the United States is good weather. Yeah. Like we haven't had good weather in a few years, and that's helped bolster grain prices. And now... Boy, we as uh, you look at some of these acres and potential pattern shift. I mean, we've, we're getting moisture again. Million acres like, of corn. I mean, you want to fix a problem in a hurry. You get good weather on American farmers that know how to get, raise a good crop, and we can make that balance sheet turn around in a hurry. So, uh, kind of interesting to think of as black swan as good weather, but uh, I guess that's kind of something I'm looking looking at for 2023. I will post some of the links in here as well uh, for some of those asset management portfolios, tracking those, uh, some interesting stuff. Please reach out to us. This one more one of the more fun podcasts we do each year, and I really enjoy it. Thanks, guys. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.